0: Chapter Sixty One of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu. Chapter Sixty One In Which the Ghosts of a Bygone Sin Keep Tryst. Devereaux, wrapped in his cloak, strode into the park through Parson's Gate, up the steep hill, and turned towards Castle Knock and the firs and hawthorn wood that interposes. The wide plain spread before him in solitude, and the thin vapors of night lying over it like a film in the moonlight. Two or three thorn-trees stood out from the rest, a pale and solitary group, "'stooping eastward with the prevailing sweep "'of a hundred years or more of westerly winds. "'To this the gypsy captain glided, "'in a straight military line, "'his eyes searching the distance, "'and after a while, from the skirts of the wood, there moved to meet him a lonely female figure, "'with her light clothing fluttering in the cold air. "'At first she came hurriedly, "'but as they drew near, she came more slowly. "'Devereaux was angry.' and like an angry man, he broke out first with, So your servant, Mistress Nan, Pretty lies you've been telling of me, you and your shrew of a mother. You thought you might go to the rector and say what you pleased, and I hear nothing. Nan Glen was undefinably aware that he was very angry, and had hesitated and stood still before he began, and now she said imploringly, sure master richard it wasn't me come milady don't tell me you and your mother curse her went to the elms in my absence you and she and said i had promised to marry you there yes or no didn't you and could you or could she have uttered a more utterly damnable lie Twas she master richard truth and faith I never knew she was going to say the like. No more, I didn't. A likely story, truly, Miss Nan," said the young rake bitterly. "Oh, Master Richard, by this cross, you won't believe me. 'Tis as true as your standin' there, until she said it to Miss Lily. Hold your tongue!" cried Devereux so fiercely that she thought him half wild do you think 'tis a pin's point to me which of you first coined or uttered the lie listen to me i'm a desperate man and i'll take a course with you both you'll not like unless you go to-morrow and see dr walsingham yourself and tell him the whole truth yes the truth what the devil do i care speak that and make the most of it but tell him plainly that your story about my having promised to marry you, do you hear? Was a lie from first to last. A lie, a lie, without so much as a grain of truth mixed up in it. All accursed, devil's, woman's invention. Now, mind ye, Miss Nan, if you don't, I'll bring you and your mother into court or i'll have the truth out of you but there's no need to threaten sure you know master richard i'd do anything for you i would i'd beg or i'd rob or i'd die for you master richard and whatever you bid me your poor wild nan'll do devereux was touched the tears were streaming down her pale cheeks and she was shivering you're cold nan "'Where's your cloak and riding-hood?' he said gently. "'I had to part them, Master Richard.' "'You want money, Nan?' he said, and his heart smote him. "'I'm not cold when I'm near you, Master Richard. "'I'd wait the whole night long for a chance of seeing you. "'But, oh, ho!' "'She was crying as if her heart would break, "'looking in his face, "'and with her hands just a little stretched towards him oh master richard i'm nothing to you now your poor wild nan poor thing her mother had not given her the best education i believe she was a bit of a thief and she could tell fibs with fluency and precision the woman was a sinner but her wild strong affections were true and her heart was not in pelf now don't cry where's the good of crying "'Listen to me,' said Devereux. "'Sure, I heard you were sick last week, Master Richard,' she went on, not heeding, and with her cold fingers just touching his arm timidly, and the moon glittered on the tears that streamed down her poor imploring cheeks. "'And I'd like to be carrying you. "'And I think you look bad, Master Richard. "'No, Nan, I tell you, no.' I'm very well, only poor, just now, Nan, or you should not want. Sure, I know, Master Richard, it is not that. I know you'd be good to me if you had it, and it does not trouble me. But see, Nan, you must speak to your friends and say, Sora a friend I have, Sora a friend, Master Richard and i did not spake to the priest this year or more and i daren't go near him said the poor palmerstown lass that was once so merry why won't you listen to me child i won't have you this way you must have your cloak and hood Tis very cold and by heavens nan you shall never want while i have a guinea but you see i'm poor now curse it i'm poor i'm sorry nan and i have only this one about me oh no master richard keep it maybe you'd want it yourself no child don't vex me there i'll have money in a week or two and i'll send you some more nan i'll not forget you he said this in a sadder tone and nan i'm a changed man all's over you know and we'll see one another no more you'll be happier nan for the parting so here and now nan we'll say good-bye oh no 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 not good-bye you couldn't 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 your poor wild nan and she clung to his cloak sobbing in wild supplication yes nan good-bye it must be no other word and oh master richard is it in earnest you wouldn't oh sure you wouldn't now nan there's a good girl i must go remember your promise and i'll not forget you nan on my soul I won't Well, well, mayn't I chance to see you, maybe? Mayn't I look at you marching, Master Richard, at a distance only? I wouldn't care so much, I think, if I could see you sometimes. Now there, Nan, you must not cry. You know 'tis all past and gone more than a year ago. Twas all damned folly, all my fault. I'm sorry, Nan. I'm sorry. And i'm a changed man and i'll lead a better life and so do you my poor girl but mayn't i see you not to speak to you master richard only sometimes to see you far off maybe poor nan was crying all the time she spoke well well i'll go i will indeed master richard only let me kiss your hand and oh no no don't say good-bye and i'll go i'm gone now and maybe just maybe you might sometime chance to wish to see your poor wild nan again only to see her and i'll be thinking of that the old feeling if anything so coarse deserved the name was gone but he pitied her with all his heart and that heart such as it was though she did not know it was bleeding for her he saw her poor creature hurrying away in her light clothing through the sharp moonlight chill which even in the wrapping of his thick cloak he felt keenly enough she looked over her shoulder then stopped perhaps poor thing she thought he was relenting and then she began to hurry back again they cling so desperately to the last chance but that you know would never do another pleading another parting so he turned sharply and strode into the thickets of the close brushwood among which the white mists of night were hanging he thought as he stepped resolutely and quickly on with a stern face and heavy heart that he heard a wild sobbing cry in the distance and that was poor nan's farewell so devereux glided on like a ghost through the noiseless thicket and scarcely knowing or caring where he went emerged upon the broad open plateau and skirting the fifteen acres came at last to a halt upon the high ground overlooking the river which ran partly in long trains of silver sparkles and partly in deep shadow beneath him here he stopped and looked towards the village where he had passed many a pleasant hour with a profound and remorseful foreboding that there were no more such pleasant hours for him and his eye wandered among the scattered lights that still twinkled from the distant windows and he fancied he knew among them all that which gleamed pale and dim through the distant elms the star of his destiny and he looked at it across the water a greater gulf severed them so near and yet a star in distance with a strange mixture of sadness and defiance tenderness and fury End of chapter 61, recording by John Brandon